be with you and with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. Lord Jesus, you came to heal the contrite. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you are Son of God and Son of Mary. Christ, have mercy. Christ, Christ have, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you sit at the Father's right hand and plead our case. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Hail, mighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. tempest may disturb us, for you have set us fast on the rock of the Apostles' Confession of Faith. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. I exhort the presbyters among you, as a fellow presbyter and witness to the sufferings of Christ, 
and one who has a share in the glory to be revealed. Tend the flock of God in your midst, overseeing not by constraint, but willingly, as God would have it, not for shameful profit, but eagerly. Do not lord it over those assigned to you, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. 
Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you've had a good day. Excellent, excellent. Again, thanks to all those people who made this so fantastic, who worked so hard all year long. I bet they're going to be at planning next year's starting tomorrow, maybe even this afternoon. So thanks, one and all. You know, it's kind of interesting. On one level, it's, it's, today's a, a feast day, the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. And it's kind of festive. You heard me saying the glory of all of that. On the other hand, it's the feast day of a piece of furniture. <laughs> when you think about it, the feast of the chair of St. Peter. And yet, it is an important day. It brings us back to that interaction between Jesus and Peter in Caesarea Philippi and Peter's great profession of faith. The chair of Peter, the root cathedra is the root of the word cathedral is basically that the chair was the place from which one taught and so it's the teaching of the pope it's our unity as the Roman holy catholic church under the guidance of the protection of the, the vicar of christ the successor to saint peter that from that day in caesarea philippi until recently in rome 
with Pope Francis, throughout every age, every generation, Peter has proclaimed faithfully and boldly, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. What we're celebrating not only is that piece of furniture, but the words which come forward from that all the time, the teachings. You are the Christ. Over the course of our history, in this chair of St. Peter, we've had some real saints and some real sinners. We know that. We know history. But every one of them, they continue to profess, this is the power of the Holy Spirit, not that we've been perfect. The power of the Holy Spirit, the proof of the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church is not the perfection of the people who have served it along the way. It's that in spite of all of our sins and all of our weaknesses, the truth of Jesus Christ has been proclaimed from generation to generation. You are the Christ. Isn't that amazing when you really think about it, right? That's the amazing things. We, even when we get in our own way, the Holy Spirit keeps that faith going and passes it on. So, I want to tell you a story, of an experience. Before I was asked to serve as a bishop, before I was ordained an auxiliary bishop in 2012, I had been the pastor of St. Mary of the Isle Church, a small barrier island off of Long Island. So, I mean, you're talking an island off of an island, right? So this small barrier island right there in the Atlantic Ocean called Long Beach. All right? Small church on that island, over a hundred years old. Actually, it was built by a Brooklyn priest who later became Cardinal Mundelein, the Archbishop, Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago. So, church was built around 1916. I was there as pastor for a couple of years and I was ordained a bishop in July and when I was there I used to joke whenever the gospel would come up you know that gospel where Jesus says how the, about the wise man and the foolish man the wise man built his house on solid and the rains came and the storms came and all the winds blew but the house remained strong right now then he would talk about the foolish man who built his house on the rains came, the winds blew, but what happened this time? The house just got washed away, right? So I always used to joke when I was there, when we get to that passage, I'd say, you know, I don't know what this says for us living on sand. We're literally built our houses on sand. Well, I'll tell you something. When I was ordained in 2012, suddenly that wasn't funny anymore. It wasn't funny. It was about 10 days after I moved. I moved in October, the middle of October, on October 29th. You've heard of Sandy, Hurricane Sandy. It destroyed that island in many, many ways. Many of the houses stood, and, but had to be either re, get the all new uh, flooring and whatnot. Some of, many of the houses had to be raised up because they never dreamed of the level of flooding that occurred because of that storm. People were out of their homes for months, even years. It was terribly, terribly destructive. The church itself, because it was all wood, the day after the storm, it looked really nice. It was cleaned up and everything was all in good order, but it was all wood and the salt water did its job. The whole thing had to be rebuilt little by little. One of the few buildings that really was unscathed was the parish hall. It was built of cinder block. 
and the floor, the, the walls, everything was cinder block. So that became a real center in the parish, in that area on Long Beach, that, that hall. You see, the houses built on sand really took a beating. They really took a beating. But we learned something through that whole experience. Just an aside, I had moved out 10 days before, after, before that. My friend, a friend of mine, actually became the pastor. I told him after that, I said, look, I left the parish, everything was in fine shape. <laughs> but you want to know something? Physically, their houses were built on sand. But the truth of the matter is, the houses were built on something far more sturdy. They were indeed built, that community was built on the faith, hope, and love in their relationship with God in Jesus Christ. You see, that parish hall was able to stand and it was divided into four quadrants. In one corner of the room, they made a makeshift chapel where they celebrated daily mass. On Sundays they cleared the whole thing out, but for daily mass, every day at noon, they used to have the mass in the morning, but they moved it to noon because nobody had power. They had to do everything in the best of the daylight. No heat. They couldn't put the power on in that city because it took a long time because it wasn't just a matter of repair. They literally had to go house to house to make sure it was safe to put the power on. So the chapel was right there in the one quadrant. On the other side, up in the front of the room, they used to serve food to the poor and to people who just needed to be some socialization. Well, everybody became poor that day. And so they would serve hot meals and care for people. In the back two quadrants, there was a section of clothing that people were bringing from other parts of Long Island. And in the other side, these ready-to-eat meals and different kinds of food that people could take home with them and use even without the ability to cook. You see, they were built on something, something stronger. Today, we hear this exchange between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus says to Peter, who do, he says to the crowd, who do people say that I am? And they say, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, you know the story, still others, John the Baptist or one of the... Uh, uh, prophets and then he says well who do you say that I am and Peter speaks up Peter is the one who says you are the Christ you are the son of God and Jesus says I am building my house on your faith remember earlier I spoke about Solomon and the temple in all of its glory Jesus found even a stronger firm, and a firmer foundation, didn't he? In that exchange with Peter. He built his house. Jesus built his house. On the rock of faith. On the rock of faith. Jesus continues to build his house. On that rock of faith as the church proclaims. Generation after generation. You are the Christ. And today we gather in union with Peter, the vicar of Christ, in churches all around the world, to, in making that profession of faith. And here in Columbus, at the state fairgrounds, some 3,000 men gathered together 
to say you are the Christ and to show one another that Jesus is the Christ. Here you and I are allowing Christ to build his house on the firm foundation of our faith. Peter was, I have to give Peter some credit. Peter had that pure heart that I was talking about early. He had that single-minded heart. Peter had his weaknesses. Don't get me wrong. We know that, right? Peter sometimes couldn't get out of his own way. But he was firm in that faith, single-minded in following Jesus Christ. And so it is that the Lord speaks out to us as we seek to build up that faith in Jesus Christ in our own homes, in our own community. You are the Christ. That makes all the difference in the world. Everything else we do as a church, the works of charity, the works of education, the works of sports and and socialization, all come back to helping one another to remember that central truth. Jesus Christ is the Lord. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He lives forever. He walks among us. He's leading us to eternal glory. You are the Christ, the one sent by God. God has come to live among us. And that makes all the difference in the world. Friends, we're doing, as I said before, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. We're all, I I think, good people doing the best that we can, sometimes not under the easiest of circumstances, and certainly in a world that doesn't support what we teach and believe and want to pass on to the next generation. But like Peter and like those apostles, we stay at it. And like all Peter has through every generation, we strive to remain faithful. We strive to hold on to that central truth of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One, who is walking among us. We build our homes on our faith within Him. And we strive to make Him known and loved throughout the world. Because in a world that just struggles with so much darkness and so much despair... This world needs to know Jesus Christ, the Lord. Thank you for your witness here today. Thank you for what you're going to do as you go forth from here, building up your homes and building up our community and our church. Indeed, God has come to walk among us. You know, I'm going to start next week, this week, Ash Wednesday, right? I'm going to give you a preview of the Lent homily. Ready? The Ash Wednesday homily. There was a piece in the, actually in the Liturgy of the Hours yesterday, St. Augustine on the uh, letter of St. John. St. Augustine talks about, imagine that you have the, the, this container, a, a, wine, uh, like, a wine sack, right? He said, and to mo- imagine you want to pour some very good wine or maybe some honey or something like that something really good, something really delicious into the sack says, first you've got to stretch the sack so that you have a lot of, enough room to get it all in there you have to stretch a little bit, right? second thing he says you've got to empty it out whatever, what you, whatever was in there, the sour wine, the old stuff you've got to empty it, right? and third, you've got to clean it out you really have to scour it, don't you? right? You really have to scour it inside and out. Otherwise, that sour wine that used to be in there is going to stink up the new stuff when you put it in, right? So, three things. Scour it and clean it. Empty it out and stretch it so that you can gain enough of what what you want to put in there. The good wine or the good honey. Now, 
imagine, imagine what God wants to pour into your heart and into your soul this Lent. Imagine the grace that God just wants to pour into your life. And you have a start on that right here today. Imagine that we, we, we need, that God is going to fill us up. But what do we need to do? We need to pour out the old stuff, right? This, we got to clean out the old stuff that, so that doesn't stink everything else up. And we've got to stretch ourselves. Prayer, fasting, works of mercy. Friends, this is the encounter with Jesus Christ. This is the encounter with Jesus Christ. He wants to pour that grace into us. He wants to pour it. He wants to fill us up. And he's done so much for us even today in these encounters with one another. So I encourage you, listen to the, the exchange between Jesus and Peter. And let the Lord do that work. Let, let him empty us of the stuff that holds us back. Let him clean us out within. And let, it, and let him stretch us. Prayer, fasting, works of mercy. Once again, thank you for being here. May God bless each and every one of you. Gracias a nuestros hermanos que hablan español. Una vez más quiero darle gracias por su presencia aquí hoy en día. Y celebramos hoy esta fiesta de San Pedro. Y su proclamación en la fe. Tú, Jesús, tú eres el Cristo. Tú eres el Mesías. Gracias a Dios por la fe de San Pedro, pero gracias a Dios por la fe que el Señor nos da hoy y siempre. Amén. Let us pray together to God, our merciful Father. He anointed his own Son with the Holy Spirit to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, and to comfort the sorrowful. With great confidence, we offer our prayer. priests, deacons, and religious, that they may carry out their missions with peace and joy, let us pray to the Lord. For all men that each one may be a humble and good disciple, living a life that brings others to Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. For all those seeking holy vocations, may God continue to give them the grace to hear his call of service to the church and others. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who suffer from, from all forms of illness, that they may receive the healing that comes from God. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who are lonely, despairing, in prison, and suffering from addiction, may they find hope in God's loving mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. For all civil leaders, that they may use their God-given authority to establish the earth of right, establish righteousness on earth. Let us pray to the Lord. For the souls. Of the, of the faithfully departed, that they may rest in peace in the loving arms of our Savior. Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God, hear our prayers as we continue to bless your name. You sent your incarnate Son to share our human existence so that as he lived his life, he would experience its worries and joys. 
the setting and example to guide our own lives through Christ our Lord. Oh. 
Sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, 
he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take this all of you and eat of it for this is my body which will be given up for you In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Robert, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours. Forever and ever. Amen. 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 At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer to each other a sign of peace. Him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Upon this rock 
Gerards. You who lead Joseph like a flock. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. Before it you cleared the ground. It took root and filled the Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are Peter, and upon this
Let us pray. O oh God, let our celebration of the feast day of the blessed Apostle Peter have nourished us by communion in the body and blood of Christ. Grant, we pray, that this redeeming exchange may be for us a sacrament of unity and peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father Han, just before we go again, thanks to everyone who made this day. I want to introduce somebody to you, you know. Earlier today in the vocation booth and around amongst us today, Father Paul Noble has been with us. And I want to thank Father Noble for his service to the diocese as vocation director. He has really been a very generous and very effective leader in calling forth um, vocations to priesthood and even guiding people on the path to vocations in religious life. Father Noble finishes his term this summer and continues in his full-time ministry of pastor at St. John um, in Sunbury. And I've asked Father Bill Hahn, currently down in Chillicate, to serve as the new vocation director. So I wanted all of you to see his face. And I want you to... And I want you to know him very, very well. <laughs> so we want, we, together we stand here, and I know there are a number of young people who are here, and we want you to think about it. Where is God calling you to live your life as a leader in the church and in the community? God calls each of us in very particular ways. And God, I know for a fact, because I know some of you who are here, God, I know, is speaking to the hearts of some of you, calling you forth as priest. And this is the man to talk to. All right? So I want you to be, be open and, and, and strong and courageous, just as you are open, strong, courageous, giving a day like today. And we want to invite all of you here to pray for vocations. There's a beautiful culture of vocations here in Columbus. I want to hold up all of our seminarians and those who are discerning. Um, some of them have spent part of the day with us today. Please pray for them in their path toward ordination. And please pray for Father Bill and the work that he's going to be doing. Pray for all of our young people, that they may hear the voice of the call of the Lord and have the courage to follow wherever, wherever it may be. Thank you. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Amen. May he look upon you with kindness and grant you his peace. Amen. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Master Thunder, go and announce.